You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everyone. So before we get started with the guest, I wanted to mention a few things I've seen lately that were just wonderful, a few recommendations. Frankie and I went to see Diana O's My Lingerie play at Rattlestick Theater last week. She just opened. She was just featured in the New York Times I saw today when I was on my computer, and she is so courageous and fun. She has an amazing voice. Her songs are incredible. It's kind of half concert, half play, um, a call to action. It's like a glitter bomb. It's emotional. It's personal. It's um, universal, and it's about some really important topics, so I would highly recommend it. We also saw a screening of the movie The Florida Project, which was uh, heartbreakingly beautiful in its own way. So that was interesting, and I'd love to talk to people about it. And then also this weekend, it was the uh, Juilliard celebration of 50 years of the drama division. And so it was kind of a reunion of sorts, which I thought would be kind of underwhelming because Frankie and I go back to Juilliard all the time for one thing or another to use a room to record the podcast or to see somebody or stop by or just, you know, kill time when we're in the Lincoln Center area. But it was amazing. It was really joyful um, and emotional and beautiful, and we took a whole day of classes with artists from Group 1, the very beginning, 50 years ago, to, you know, Group 20, Group 12, Group 49, after us. I'm Group 38, just for reference. Frankie's Group 39. Um, And there was a huge celebration Sunday night with speeches and just honoring a lot of the faculty who's so amazing. Yeah, and just being reminded about that we're a part of that tradition and that all of that's inside of us and that our community is really um, strong and welcoming. It was great. (laughs) So I just wanted to tell you about that. It was really lovely. I'd also like to say thank you to Naveen Choksi, who is one of my Horizon patrons. I can't thank you enough for your support since day one, and uh, I really appreciate you supporting me on Patreon as well. My guest today is Adam Simkowitz. Adam is a wonderful playwright. We were at Juilliard at the same time years ago. I'd, I never got to be in one of Adam's plays when we were at school. My class did one of his plays, but it was the other half of my class. I was doing something else. But he has such an amazing energy to his writing, and um, he's just a really hardworking writer. He's been doing a project for years um, where he interviews playwrights, and he has a blog. You can find them on that. And he just decided to finish because he had reached 1,000 interviews with 1,000 different playwrights. It's incredible. And they're, you know, of all levels in their career. And they're all really insightful and interesting. And um, I would highly, highly recommend reading them. But it was interesting that we had had this conversation on Facebook. He had made a joke about uh, wondering if he should have a podcast. And I, I replied that I'd been meaning to ask him to be on mine for a long time. So if he wanted to come try it out. I would love to have him, and he agreed, thank goodness. But I didn't know at that time when we had set it up, because it took us a while to work it out, that he was about to finish the interview series. And so it kind of worked out that we did this interview uh, just a week or two after he decided to end it, uh, which I thought was apropos. All right. Uh, Oh, one, one last note. We did record this at Juilliard, actually, in a room where there's usually a folding table, And we could not find a table to save our lives. So we decided to sit um, in these old-fashioned 
chairs that have the little half desk attached. And they end up making quite a few creaking noises throughout the podcast. So it's October. Embrace the spookiness, the atmospheric uh, charm of the creaks in the background of this audio. So there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm so glad that Adam agreed to be on the podcast and uh, it's a great conversation. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the 94th episode of The Compass. Side oh, we go right. Artists. We go right into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I feel like I feel like the dark side could be so many different things. Um, you know, it's I I think for me the the times that have been hardest have been the times that I feel like I'm not getting anywhere or nothing nothing has nothing is going the way that I want it to. Um, and you know, like I know all the most successful people who do what I do. So it's really easy to just like become jealous. And so I think for me, it's, it's like not like not feeling that. And so I don't know what the, (laughs) like how to not feel that. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think people say like gratefulness helps with that, um, quite a bit. And, and when things are going well, like it's much easier to be, uh, generous and open and kind to everyone and and uh, but like I feel like especially um, like a little bit after Juilliard I, I feel like there was like I had some like undue bitterness about things not going the way I wanted them to yeah yeah and you get stuck in that comparison yeah which is a terrible place to be um, and you know like in my current job like sometimes the people uh, the other the playwrights in the program at Juilliard, like some of them just like take off like shots and they're, they have an amazing career, like just like that. Um, and so you just kind of have to be Zen about it and, and just be happy for them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because it's, you know, it's if I tapping into like being happy for them, I think seems to be the answer because I am happy for them they're, you know they're having something wonderful happen for them and like we should all have something wonderful happen for us that's such a tricky thing oh it's hard you know yeah but it's the but the other thing is like you can't compare yourself to someone else because you're not someone else you know like I'm writing the thing I'm writing I'm coming from where I'm coming from like there's no other person that I can compare to me and being like, oh well, they're doing the exact same thing. The the I think it's I think it's harder if you somehow think that like, oh, they're doing what I'm doing except I'm better at it. Like I feel like that would be the thing. <laughs> yeah. But just not. Yeah, that's. But that's just not. There's no truth to that. Like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Right. And like, a lot has to do with luck, and a lot has to do with timing. And, you know, like I came out of Juilliard, I wasn't really writing um, the kinds of plays that, that get done at big theaters. And so, like, I was like, why aren't my plays getting done at big theaters? And I was like, well, because you're writing these plays. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I understand that better now. But, like, back then, I didn't really, you know, I was like, oh, I'm getting all this attention. Like, why isn't it moving to the next place? Yeah. Yeah. 
It must be interesting for as a playwright too, because you know there's usually only one of you on whatever project. There's just one playwright. Yeah. And so your sense of community must be very different than for actors or people who, you, when yeah. you're collaborating on a project, there's ten yeah. of you. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like it must be different if you're if you're like a co-writer on something or if you're working on a musical. Um, but yeah, I always feel like I know who I am in the room, and I'm this this guy. I'm I'm here because I wrote this thing, and now I can tell you about it or whatever. But but yeah, it is it is lonely, and then you get to rehearse, and that's less lonely, and then you go back and write something, and that's kind of lonely too. Which is, I mean, maybe partially why like I started doing those interviews. Yeah, can we talk about uh, your interviews? Sure. Well, I just so I so I recently figured out when I started, which was June 2009, I started interviewing playwrights and I did them all over email and then I posted them on my blog and I just now like 2 3 days ago um, posted the 1000th one. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and like immediately, I'm like, oh, I should interview that person. Oh, I should interview right. that person. And you know, people come out of the woodwork, and you're like, well, you didn't interview me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It wasn't anything personal. <laughs> it's not. Um, but like, I don't. You know, I don't want to feel like I. It's hard to be a playwright, and I don't want to. I really didn't. I wanted to be someone who was trying to include as many people as possible but I didn't always include everybody and I wanted to try to make sure it was people who people would find interesting um, people who've been doing it long enough so that they have something to say about it and you know so that that necessarily you know especially the younger people who haven't been doing it as long like kind of leave some of them out and then there are just people that I don't know and people that you know Mm -hmm. There's a lot of us doing it. So when you first started that, did you did you have a name for why you were doing it? Could you articulate why you wanted to start? Well, I had a blog, and I was like in the like third wave of when blogging was just kind of starting, and so I was like in the third wave of theater bloggers, and and there were like I don't know twenty or thirty of us who were all just talking to each other about theater. Um, and a lot of those people aren't still doing it. Like maybe two or three of them are still doing it. Um, and then, uh, and so I was like, well, all right, so should I stop doing it like I see the other people doing? Or like I need to change it and do something else? Um, and then so I'd, I was, uh, I had a show that year um, in New York off off Broadway. And I was being interviewed by a few different people, and I and I really liked it a lot. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun! Like maybe I should just like start interviewing some of my friends. Like people like being interviewed, and you know, like it's, I I guess it's it, it feels like a collection a little bit of like yeah. you know trying to trying to get like all the knowledge and put it all in one place kind of thing. And so yeah, so I did that, and then I and then I was gonna stop doing it. I was gonna and I was gonna stop at like a hundred, I remember. And then Teresa Rebeck emailed me her answers and I was like, Well, I guess I can't stop. <laughs> She's one oh one. I gotta guess I gotta I keep, have going. To keep going. Yeah, and I kept I've been thinking that I was gonna stop and now it feels like one thousand is a nice clean round number. 
So, um, but it's, you know, it's a little, like, I'm a little sad. Like, I miss it already a little bit. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have to keep up with everything that's going on constantly all the time. Of course, my job, I have to do that a little bit anyway, but, like, I'm trying to take some of that pressure away and, you know, just write plays. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say when people ask you, uh, what did you learn from doing all your interviews? <laughs> well, people have been asking me that <laughs> the like the whole time. the most important thing that you've learned? I, you know, I mean, the thing that I say, I think, is that, um, like, I knew that there were a bunch of us, but I didn't really know that there, there were this many of us. And I, and I, and there are people who I've never met before and never heard of before who someone recommends, and then I reach out to them, and they're amazing. You know, and they have amazing things to say, and they've been thinking about this just like me. They've been thinking about this for years and years, and they have very strong opinions and very strong feelings about it. And so there are a lot of really passionate, intelligent, talented people doing this thing. And so I feel like that, like realizing that at, an, at another level. And that also, I think, helps with the jealousy thing of like having like really seeing that over and over again like how many super talented people there are doing it like it's like oh right okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't get everything person. like there you're just one person yeah in this and you know there's like 15 20 000 people who are like i'm a playwright um and they're exactly. doing this thing and like some of them are incredibly talented and still like i'm probably like in the top five percent of like success stories um, but I also know the people in the 1%, you know, <laughs> like I know right. the people who are like, about to have a show on Broadway or right. for example, or like whatever, you know, yeah. that, um, I've been seeing you posting on Facebook about, um, you know, kind of keeping track of how many productions you have going on at, mm -hmm. during a season or during yeah. a year. Is it strange to know that your plays are like going on without you across the country? Um, I mean, I feel like it must have been strange at first. Uh, now I'm like, that's kind of the whole point of it, is to have it happen and me not have to be there to make sure it happens, um, which means that sometimes they're going really well and sometimes it's not at all the way it's supposed to be, and that's just the way it is. Uh, especially like a high school production of something, it's like you don't know like, how it is exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they're, they're kids. <laughs> And some of them could be really talented, and some of them are, you know, forgetting their lines. You don't write exclusively comedies, but you write a lot of comedies, right? I do, I do. I mean, I've, you know, I have, I have a lot of funny dramas, and I have comedies, and I have dark comedy, and, and yeah. I don't, and there's like genre plays, like I have like comic book hero plays, and, uh, like a Robin Hood was just done. And then like in the same, you know, like six weeks later, we did like this really like high school drama, like suicide kind of thing. And that, you know, that's like, <laughs> they were very, very different from each other and like l like lived in a very different place. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I feel like because I write so many different kinds of things, people who don't know my work have just like one idea of who I am and like you know like uh high school and college age women all know me because of pretty theft 
Um, and then like some of them might know me for Hearts Like Fists, which is a which is like Pretty Theft is a very disturbing drama with some comedy in it, and Hearts Like Fists is pretty much straight up comedy. Um, and those plays are very different from each other. And then like something like you know I have this play Mercy coming up, which is a very like dark, uh, just a just a sad drama. <laughs> I mean, it has it's uh, uh, eventually hopeful, but it's like it's you know it's pretty it's pretty dark. And so someone who would come see that would think that that's who you are. I mean, it must happen to you too when you're in yeah. a play and like someone's like, oh, that's that's what they're that's like. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. How did you start writing? Or when did you start writing? Both. Um, in in college, I started writing. I mean, I was like in in like starting in like kindergarten, I was in plays and stuff um, in school. Um, and I was in like at least a play a year, like all through uh, high school and like several plays a year in high school. And then like in college, I was on again, off again, but basically like trying to quit it um, because it wasn't really the thing. But I, I loved theater, but I didn't really. Um, Basically, I just had terrible stage fright and wasn't having fun on stage anymore. Um, Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in uh, a, a Colchester, Connecticut, a small town in Connecticut. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, like a like my graduating class, there were like eighty eight kids in my graduating class, so like a small town. Um, and so when I went to college, um, like my I think it was my sophomore year of college, I that summer I decided I was going to write a play. Um, and then I took a playwriting class like the next year. And then I decided to, uh, write another play that summer. And then, then I just kind of kept writing plays and I haven't really stopped for any length of time since. So I've written, you know, 44 plays at this point. Oh my God. It's just like, yeah, and some of them are not very good, and some of them are really good, and 12 of them are published, and some of them are going to have premieres, like, next year, and, you know, and then I just keep writing them and keep trying to put them out in the world. That's really amazing, because I know some people, or people always give the advice of, like, not getting stuck on your first, like, rewriting your first play over and mm. over and over again. Yeah. Did you ever run into that, or do you feel like you've always been like, okay, I just got to keep going and see what happens? Um, you know, I like. I feel like maybe it was my mom who gave me this. I want to say it was like a cassette tape that was like advice on writing. <laughs> so probably when I was in college or something, and it would. And the woman who was, it's like it was like a book on tape kind of thing. Um, and so the woman who who wrote it like basically said uh if you write a bad story write two more stories and then go back to the the bad story hmm. um and she was talking about short stories but i took that to heart and i've always just been like all right i'm just gonna keep <laughs> writing them um especially then when it was easier to just like kind of churn them out or i guess it wasn't easy at first at first i had to figure out how to write a play but like I like in grad school, I kind of like hit hit my stride and could and we're like writing multiple things at the same time and writing like really quickly, and then had years where I like write like a play and like these days like I've been writing like two or three plays a year, um, sometimes three plays and a screenplay. But like now that I have a small child, like it's 
and like a full-time job. It's the combination of those two things like actually yeah. makes it really hard to write as quickly as I used to. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like on like the second play this year at this moment. Um, whereas like, you know, some years I've written like three plays in a screenplay or something. Yeah. Do you ever have writer's block? I sometimes don't know what I'm going to write next, and that's hard for me because I really am only happy when I'm working on something. And so, like, not working on something, like, not knowing what the new exciting thing that I'm going to be excited about to work on is hard. Sometimes the scenes come slowly. Um, but I wouldn't say writer's block necessarily. I would say more like I have a lot of ideas, but I don't know which is the one to write next or like I don't know how to write the scene. Is there anything that you do when you're trying to figure out what the next play is that's helped you kind of get out of that rut? I mean, like basically I'll just like make a list of the plays that I want to write next and like probably one of them will jump out at me. But sometimes... Sometimes it's like the thing that I had no idea I wanted to do. Like the thing that the thing that isn't on the list that like suddenly jumps out is like me, no me, you have to write <laughs> me right now. Like this morning I was like I just saw someone on the street and I'm like, "Oh my god, like the play should be about that girl. Like it's about her." She had this headband and she was maybe homeless. It was kind of hard to tell, but she was like, "Yeah, like maybe like 16 17 or something huh. and I had this thought about this play that I might write um and I'm like oh she's like it's like her it's like I have to write this and, and like I'm thinking like it will I she will be the woman who's in my mind hmm. um and like maybe that's true I don't know um I'll have to see when I finish like I have like two more scenes to write. And like when I finish <laughs> writing those scenes, like I'll have to see if like that's still the thing that wants to be written or not. Um, how does your family take in your choice to be an artist? Like my parents, do you mean? Yeah. Uh, like to pursue that as your yeah. career. Um, my, my mom is really supportive and my parents come to see most of my plays like they come into New York to see them and like my dad reads them usually beforehand. So in case I don't know why maybe in case he falls asleep oh. <laughs> um, it's probably that's probably not why um, but they're no they're really supportive and, and pretty amazing uh, yeah very very lucky in that way yeah. and my wife's also a playwright and so like we have the same kind of stuff the same challenges yeah and we know we know about that world together how is that for you guys do you know sometimes it's tricky like on days when you get the same rejection, you get a rejection. You both get a rejection letter and it says something different. That can be tricky. I feel like uh, when one of us is doing better than the other, it's it's hard. Um, right now she's really, uh, she's running a youth theater and that's kind of taking over a lot of her headspace. Um, and so she's not uh, super happy, I think, where she is like, um, in terms of like having time to write, to write and, yeah. and to be able to get her stuff out in the world. Um, and uh, I am doing pretty well in terms of getting productions right now. Um, so I think that's a little tricky. Um, but like she's also like directing a play right now. 
um, with her with the kids at at her youth theater, um, which is kind of amazing too. And and I think it's like a pretty cool artistic thing. And like she's sort of creating it at the same time, which is uh, some of her background is in devised theater. Um, her undergrad in England was in devised theater, and so um, so like being able to use those muscles that she hasn't before. So I think that she really kind of loves that and really is having a great time, but also like she's like, you know, I went, like to, I went to grad school for this. I wanna yeah. wanna keep writing plays, I wanna send them out places and you know Yeah, I totally understand that. It's playwright being a playwright's really hard. <laughs> so you live in Connecticut now. Mm-hmm. When did you guys leave New York? Um, we left New York when she was six months pregnant mm-hmm. and our kids four now. Um, and she got this job as the artistic director when she was six months pregnant, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, we we <laughs> lived like there. kind of like big life decisions. Yeah, we had thing. we'd lived there once before for like a year and a half, um, and so she had worked at that theater a little bit, and so they knew her, um, but so she wasn't like a complete unknown quantity but they did like hire her to take over this theater and now she's she took on the executive director position too so she's like the artist like executive artistic director or something like that awesome so yeah she's amazing (laughs) (laughs) um what's what's it been like for you guys to be parents what does your kid think you both do um you know i think he sort of understands it's really hard to tell like sometimes I'll try to explain something and it's really clear he's not interested at all because he's thinking about like whatever cartoon or something yeah. or like whatever Kids character. Kids are very self-centered. Yes. <laughs> at age. Um, but he's very like he's very interested in um, imaginative play, which I think is kind of us. You know, it's like we used to do puppet shows all the time and like that kind of thing. And like there's always like he does all the different voices for his characters and everything. Like I think he's like really good at it. And his <laughs> jokes don't make any sense, but sometimes they're hilarious anyway. Um he's definitely seems like he's gonna be like a class clown. He's also like really stubborn and obstinate and hard. <laughs> you know, it's it's sometimes he's just like so challenging. Um and that's and, and so we're dealing with that right now. Um, I hope that he, he maybe, maybe he's turning a corner right now. We'll see. Um, but it seemed like he was getting better and then, then it went worse. And now, now maybe I think it's getting better again. <laughs> we'll see what, you know, he's, he's, he just turned four pretty recently. So we'll see what's next. Yeah, I'm, I'm always hopeful when I see other artists who manage to have kids and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that Daniel Talbot was a real um model for me. Just watching him direct with a baby strapped to him was kind of amazing. And I was like, "Yes, I want that." And sometimes <laughs> my kid just makes that impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes it's just like, "All right, you're watching this show and I'm going to type out as much as I can while you're doing that and try to get this thing done." Do you have any other artistic outlets that you like to do as hobbies or on the side? No. <laughs> One track mind. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's always been it's always been. You know, like I've just I've done like other kinds of writing, but like mostly it's like playwriting is like the thing that I really want to do. Um so not like any other artistic outlets. Uh 
Yeah, I think just like being out in nature is is great for me or um, exercise more more now right now I'm getting to do like I making time to exercise as much as possible now so and that's helping a lot yeah yeah um and so now you started this full-time job you're doing is you're back at Juilliard mm-hmm yeah. What's your and title? Been, You're the coordinator for that? I'm the literary manager. Literary manager. Um, and it's been school. like, I'm going into my third year now. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's, so I've seen the cycle run a couple times of yeah. the new playwrights come and then the. <laughs> Is it you know, nice to have that? They go and they graduate and they. You know? It's, oh, oh, yeah. Like having a full time job with insurance is amazing. Awesome. And I. I feel like the main part of my job um, is like helping other playwrights, which I like. Um, and I also really like uh, reading scripts. And so like my job is like the big part of my job is like reading scripts and helping playwrights. So I'm like, great. It's like the best job I've ever had. It's not the most well-paying job, right. but like, you know, like it's insurance and it's a cool place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I know. That must be interesting to be back after all these years. It was really weird to be like, I haven't been in this room in like 10 years. Right, and, and when and you then, were in the position of being the the student. Yeah. You guys were kind of yeah. students. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was young back then. Did you like come was, to Juilliard right after? You, so you went to Columbia for grad school, right? I went to Columbia for grad school, and, and, then, then, and then I think there was like a year or two, I'm not sure, and then I came, well, no, I graduated in 2004, and then I came here the fall of 2005. So yeah, there was like at least a a year in between there. Is it strange? Math to, isn't my strong to be, point. <laughs> to be back and be like, okay. It was really weird at first. Now I've sort of gotten used to it, and I'm sort of used to like, oh, okay, this is normal. Like two playwrights have done this before. Like after Joe Kramer, it, it was like two other playwrights, right. and so like this is a. There's job a different for a model playwright now yeah yeah and so like it seems like oh i'm finding the balance of like i gotta go away to do a play and like just keeping the job going at the same time so it's tricky but it's also like i really like a lot of the i mean i don't like the administrative aspect of it which is just but i mean what job doesn't have something um but like yeah it's pretty great do you sit in on the on the workshops? On the class? I don't class. usually. Um, I brought something in last year, and I brought something in again this year already, um, which is which has been really cool and fun. Um, but in general, like, I have to get home and get on a train, and, like, and so I just kind of get everyone set up and then take off. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it's, like, weirdly, like, I'm kind of producing, but not really, like, helping cast the labs and, like, set up the lab readings and stuff, and then, like, kind of, but there's a lot of people who work with me at Juilliard who are all, like, producers and stage managers before coming here, so they all really know what they're doing, which is great, because I'm, like, uh, yeah, okay, all right, kind of, like, not as organized as I could be. <laughs> and, you know, like, really, I'm, like, an artist who's not completely hapless, but, like, there's some of, there's some of that. Right. Yeah. Have you produced your own work before, like, at the beginning of your career? Only, like, very bare bones kind yeah. of 
like I did I did it in college and then I sort of did it again but like someone was helping me um, but no not really I've always kind of just got my plays out there and gotten people to do them um, which means it doesn't it's not always the play that you want to happen next necessarily when it's not always when you want it to happen um, but I've been really lucky and really good at getting my work like off off Broadway in New York um, and a lot of times getting really good reviews too which is that's great which is why they're published which is why they continue to be fun and, right. which is like it's a cycle of like work begets work begets work is there any like tactic that you've used that you feel like has really helped you in the beginning like get them read get them seen yeah I mean you know um, I think uh, Adam Bach was I, I interned at MCC Theater and I eventually became part of the Playwrights Coalition there, which mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Um, but there were like a bunch of people there who were like, you know, five to ten years older than me, who were like kind of my heroes at the time. Like I uh, remember Adam Bach, who was one of them, once said, "Well, people don't understand about submissions. They, you know, they think that they can just send a few somewhere, but really you have to send like a hundred. And I kind of took again this is another i took that to heart um and uh and like the times when i've sent a play to 100 places like something definitely happens you know because it's really a numbers game it's really about getting it into as many hands as possible um but everyone is overwhelmed right now and and every theater has sacks and sacks and sacks of plays um and so it could take years for people to read plays sometimes and so you really just have to send it to as many places as possible because some places aren't going to read it and some places it's not right for them and some places mm-hmm. will read part of it and then get distracted and never come back to it. And it's, you know, it's just like, you, it's like a numbers, like you have to do it as many ways as you possibly can if you want to have a career at this. So, and that continues to be true for me anyway. Um, are there any, uh, like you mentioned the MCC group, what are some of those like playwright communities mm-hmm. or groups yeah. or workshops um, that you've been a part sure. of that you found really useful? Right. Well, there was, I mean, I went to grad school at Columbia, um, which was great, but then I, I was in a lot of debt from that. And I'm still in a good amount of debt from that, but I've paid a good amount off of it at this point. And then there was Juilliard. Um, and then I've been in a bunch of writing groups. Like I was in Ars Nova. I was in the first Ars Nova group, which had amazing people who were like running the American theater. Right and now. which I hear is just a great program. Oh, yeah. It was great. But it was like the first, like it was the first year. And so it was just like Kim Rosenstock kind of making it up, I think, as she went along. But like Liz Merriweather was in it, and Bo Williman was in it, and Warren Squire was in it. And uh Annie Baker and Lynn Manuel Miranda and like all the people who were like Nick Jones was in it and yeah. Carly Mensch and Liz Flayhive like the people Thank who are like running TV and theater right now you guys are all doing there such were, like, amazing things 20 of us in it and we we're all there like eating pizza and like reading two plays out loud and then talking about them um and so that was amazing um I was also I'm sure I was in a bunch of these things um, but I was in Primary Stages uh, playwriting group for about five years, and that was awesome because I would like 
write a play each semester and then one of the two plays would get a reading like in the spring and so so many of my plays I worked on there and like they're finally like are getting produced now and published and out there into the world but uh but yeah that was really helpful for me and really amazing right now I'm in the Projects Y um writing group uh this theater company called Project Y Mm. um and that's pretty cool too uh is that based in New York it's based in New York, yeah, and but it's like a sort of like it's a one year thing, so like I'm gonna have to try to figure out what's next after this, and I've already been trying to <laughs> create things, and yeah. people are like, hey, you want to do a reading writing group, and I always say yes, and then like I don't know, those email threads have stopped, but like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try to pick them all up and make sure that one of them happens. Does that structure help you? Oh, oh yeah, it's really going. it's really helpful for me because. Yeah, it's just it's just great to get feedback from other smart people who who know about story and know about how to write plays. You know, like uh, sometimes if you do TV stuff or or sometimes if you work with theater people who don't really know a lot about um, what plays are, then you get notes that don't really make a lot of sense and seem like arbitrary sometimes. Um, but if you have other people who really like care and want to help you and are smart then like they can pinpoint like oh you know what like this at this moment or this at this moment um and so i really love the ones where you bring in like 10 pages i used to really only want to bring in like the whole play but like it's helped more helpful for me now to like work on like 10 pages at a time or 20 pages at a time um to like really like rewrite it and then like keep going kind of thing and I think when your first draft is like your third or fourth draft. You were talking about having the patience, you know, to apply for all these things. And it might take years for someone sure. to read it or for it to come back around and get produced. Is is that why you think you give yourself these assignments? Like the, the interviews or I saw you have on your blog now these Jack and Jill mm-hmm. um, little short plays. I'm like, not quite. Can like you does, say it again? Does that help you deal with the with the long with the termness, waiting. the waiting, the patience required. Um, I mean, I think it's about just like trying new things. Um, I don't know that it's like a response to, I mean, I guess it is, but I don't, but maybe it's more of a response to like life than like necessarily being a playwright of like, all right, well now I'm gonna try this thing, I'm gonna see what happens. And now I'm gonna try this thing and I'm gonna see what happens. Um, like when I was, uh, when my wife had just started the job and we've just moved to Connecticut, um, I was taking care of the kid full time and, uh, I was going a little crazy and I started doing this thing where I would take pictures of toys and like make, like basically like make comics out of these things. And I did like one a day for like a year <laughs> and it was like, you know, when you do anything, um, every day for like a while like something comes of it and like eventually I was like yeah this is not it's not really the thing I want to be doing it's not I don't want to like build a career on this right it's not leading to the next great thing thing I'm doing so but it was really helpful when like I had a like kid sitting in my lap and he was asleep and I couldn't do anything and couldn't go anywhere and it was just like it was like something that I could do for 10 minutes on my phone and and yeah and like be creative and like continue to be creative yeah um you 
we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I was wondering how you're dealing with the current um, political climate as I mean, a I, human or as an artist. Yeah, I mean, I think that's partially why, like, I was, um, why I'm having trouble writing as much right now. Um, I mean, part of it is a full-time job and a kid, but also there's just like a, um, there's just so much darkness right now. And it, it seems, um, like it took me really a long time to finish the play I was working on after he was elected. And it was just like, yeah, it just seemed like the world was ending and everything was awful. And there is, it's like constant barrage of like terrible terrible things that he does and terrible things that he says and yeah <laughs> it's I, I feel like I'm I'm feel like I'm coping better now and like I'm able to um, find uh, basically like lightness I think is this is what I need to find is like finding um, things that are uh, like comedy and and uh, whimsicality and um yeah although that's not the play I'm writing right now <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's part of why it's hard to write this play right now it's it's I feel a, like a defiant uh comic whimsy <laughs> moment <laughs> yeah it, it does it does yeah I I do feel like the last play that I wrote was definitely like defiant comic whimsy kind of um what do you call it uh, like a fairy tale kind of world um which I heard recently, and I like it a lot, and I'm excited about it. But the play that I'm writing now is much more uh, just about people. I do kind of go back and forth between kind of like genre plays and then like plays about people and then genre plays and then plays about people. So maybe the next play needs to be like a genre play instead of the thing that I was thinking about this morning. But we'll see. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about money and... Uh the pull right now I feel like for so many playwrights to go to TV and film which mm -hmm. is awesome and yeah no um, it's great it's great how many playwrights my husband's there pursu are pursuing TV right now as oh, an yeah. actor as well for you know for money reasons a lot of yeah. it um, but do you ever feel yourself like tempted to to choose your next project or tailor your next project in a certain way to kind of uh, as bait for I mean, a financial I should be doing something catch. really specific if I want to go write for TV. Um, and that, and basically like just writing pilots, like writing, like, f like polishing and writing pilots. Um, and I'm not doing that. And, and partially like I've done, I've tried to do that before and it's just my heart really isn't in it. And like I'm not really motivated by money um and so i can't and and because it's not i mean i love tv i watch tv all the time i really enjoy uh a lot of shows but like it doesn't feel like the thing that wants to come out of me and so i just don't do that and it took me a long time of trial and error of being like oh this isn't working i don't want it uh I wrote this thing really fast. Okay, can we sell it or whatever? And like, no, it never worked because they right. were never good because I never put myself into it um, because I never cared about it enough. So 
so no I don't really <laughs> that's great <laughs> I mean you know like I'll write like plays with like fewer characters to try to get theaters to do it but like right. really I'm like my whole goal is to just try to get a bunch of theaters to do it and in theory like make money but there isn't really theater money like I've had I'm probably gonna have like in terms of like total productions I'll probably have my best year this year um, in terms of like I think I'm having like 11 or 12 of the I have like a night of short plays and then like 22 I think full-length plays and so like those combined together is still like probably under twenty thousand um, dollars might even be like 15 probably That's crazy. and so like being like being able to make a living at it like really I need to like get like a hundred productions which I am like like I am trying to do that That's incredible <laughs> or you know like get enough um, productions at big theaters that are all happening but it's like it's hard to get those every year it's hard to get anything of course because people are trying to get a but, variety of yeah. names and you know yeah but like but like one big theater could be five thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand depending on like gotcha an actual or like if I was able to get a bunch of commissions, like I, you know, I've had like ten thousand commission dollar commissions or five thousand dollar commissions. Right. Um, but so like there are ways to make some amount of money at it, but like it's you know, just because you get a bunch of productions this year doesn't mean you're going to get a bunch of productions right. next year. It's that constant patchworking together. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm income. trying to always have like shows going up, but like there's not I don't have a lot of control over that. So I've been doing really well and been really lucky in being able to get shows up and and it's and it is like gradually like up and down but kind of building over time. Um and so you know I'm going to have like two more premieres this year and then hopefully those will get published and those will go out in the world. Um but it's like, you know, it's a lot of work to try to get people to see them and get them out there. Um, but it's like what I want. I want people to see my plays, so I do it. Do you work with an agent, or do you? Yeah, yeah, I have an agent. Um, but but you know, like mostly, I keep him busy doing contracts. Well, congratulations on this year. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, and you know, like we'll see what next year's like, and and I hope that it keeps going. But it's like it dips, and you know, like I've had like Hearts Like Fist got done. Like I think I had like ten productions like two years in a row and then it dipped down to five this year and then I'm like oh all right so I don't know <laughs> if it'll keep getting done next year or not yeah. and you know we'll see as time goes on it's like I'm just hoping that I can you know that people will keep doing it do you have a, a favorite child among your plays or is it kind of whatever you're working um, on right now I mean now? I'm really excited about my next production which is this play that used to be called Colchester and now it's called Kodachrome and I don't know really how to describe it, but I've been telling people that it's like an Our Town kind of play. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like a lot of different stories happening in the small town. And they're all, they're all about love. And they're all, um, but I think, it's, I think it's my best work or definitely one of my best works. But I, but I think it's the one that most, that the largest group of people will respond to but it's also still kind of like a little off a little whimsical a little 
um, non-realistic in some ways. And so I know that that'll take it, um, that that'll keep it in a certain realm. So I have to find the theaters who are going to be get excited about it and want to do it. Right. Um, but I, but like it can be done with like a cast of five or like a cast of 16 or like, so like, I know that it, it, I, I think that if I can get it and get people to see it, like it'll get done at high schools and colleges and theaters. Right. Which is helpful. Um, yeah. So like if it works out, I think that it will be my most successful thing. And then maybe always my most successful. And did you say you already it has a production lined up? It's going to have a production in February. Yeah. Whereabouts? Um, it's a Portland Center Stage nice. in uh, Oregon. Yeah. That'll be cool. Are you going to go yeah. out and yeah and yeah, be there really, since it's the first one? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Do you have any artistic mentors that you found oh, over the God. course of your career? Yeah, so many. Um, you know, I mean, in college, I wrote and directed and produced this play. Um, and it was very, very heavily influenced by Night Mother and by um, Marriage of Bet and Boo. And it was basically a comedy about suicide. And I don't think I've ever told Chris and Marsha that, but like it's, it was like How they were funny. huge. The two of them. Yeah, they were huge influences on me, both of them. Um, and Chris Durang just kind of broke my mind open about what, what theater could do. Um, and after that, it was uh, Nikki Silver a lot was a was a big influence. Um, uh, Paula Vogel, uh, Chuck Me. Um, Those were people whose work influenced you, or who you had a mm -hmm. personal relationship and I, with. And I also well. studied with them yeah. later, just like a little bit, like yeah. Chuck Me and Paula Vogel. Like I did a flea workshop with with each of them, um, and they're incredible. both so amazing in different ways. Um, yeah, those are kind of my main, um, and also, uh, Eduardo Machado was, um, taught me so much and Kelly Stewart, uh, and Teresa Rebeck was also, uh, at Columbia for a little while and it's an amazing human being. Yeah. Like those are kind of the main touchstones, I think for me. Did you see Indecent when it was on Broadway? This oh my year? God. It's so amazing. Oh it's it so amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that I saw it. I really saw it the very last minute. That's like I'm too. like I really have like one night per month that I can see something, and I was able to fit it into my schedule and and like bought a ticket and I'm so glad that I did. It was amazing. I've I've always loved her plays, but it had been a long time since I'd seen like a new yeah a new play of hers. And yeah, I was me just too. Blown away. Me too. I think it was the first time I've seen a new play of hers. Um, yeah. Like, I saw How We Learned to Drive at ART when I was in college, I want to say. Yeah, my college did it when I was there. Oh, yeah? I wasn't in it, but yeah. I remember it distinctly. Yeah, yeah. That's a, but, like, that play was, was huge for me. But I, like, read a bunch of her plays. Um, and, like, you know, like, the normal stuff that they assign and, and that you read when you're, like, you know, David Mamet and Sam Shepard early on and... Like, Lanford Wilson's Burn This was amazing for me. Um, but I was just reading as many plays as I could, and, yeah, there was so many, so much stuff that I... I just read, like, a lot of plays <laughs> back then when I was like, I think I want to write plays. What is a play? Let yeah. me find out. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
and then yeah like nikki silver was a huge like chris Durang like broke broke my head open and then nikki silver i was like ah there's the next version of like that's the other thing um and which i don't really feel like i write like that now but like that kind of showed me what you could do like how to like what how are the how can you break the rules like what are the things that you can do and kind of help me find my own voice and do you have any collaborators that you've found over your career that you keep coming back to like directors or anything yeah i mean well the the person that i've worked with the most recently is uh kelly o'donnell um who's just a wonderful director uh she directed my play recently um marion or the true tale of robin hood but she a few years ago also directed uh, hearts like fists um i also got to like scott ebersold um directed nerve years and years ago and just directed rare birds um and uh yeah you know they're they're like i've sort of feel like i've just been like like i worked with moritz a whole bunch von steubenagel and evan cabinet was great and um, a bunch of people that I've only got to do readings with, like Jackson Gay, um, so many. There's like I have like a long list of like directors that I just love, Lucy Tabergian, and then like just looking for, you know, getting a theater to do something so that I can hire them. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like I like I have no shortage of um, directors that I love who I'd love to work with. That must be interesting to go into a rehearsal process with a director where it's such a it's such a collaboration. You're like, is this person going to make you realize something new about mm-hmm. the thing you wrote? I mean, I feel like that kind of happens sometimes from the director or sometimes from the actors or it's not always it's not always like one person. Sometimes it's like the process or like some actor will will make you realize something Um about what the play is or you know they're really thinking about it and they're really not you so that they can think about it and see things that you did subconsciously or didn't even know that you did and you, and they're like look at how this thing and i'm like oh wow <laughs> look, look the I'm, symbolism i'm so much smarter than i thought i was <laughs> is there anything that i haven't asked you about that you would really like to talk about um not really <laughs> well then I have, I have two like short questions that I okay. usually ask at the end but I just Great. want to make sure because I, I you know I don't know everything about your career if there was something that's really important to you oh yeah I mean I, I feel like I feel like one thing is that I I end up answering a lot of people's like I've sort of become like the playwright that people know who I am so that I end up answering people's questions about like career stuff um, and especially for early career playwrights, like I can answer those questions and like, I'm always like, I get like regular emails from people and I really like, you know, trying to help them, like teach them ways to submit stuff or like, this is, this is what I do or I do this or something. Um, so I guess I just wanted to say that I really like teaching and I don't always have time to do it, especially now. Um, and I wish that I had more time to teach or to just like mentor or help playwrights. Um, there's so many plays that people have given me that I haven't had a chance to read just because yeah. I'm like constantly swamped. So you end up kind of teaching inadvertently through these questions yeah. and emails and right. 
I, have you taught formally before? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But like right now, like, you know, I have productions coming up and I just, it's just, uh, it's too hard to like teach a class and do my job and live my life and write plays right now. If I didn't have a full-time job, then like, yeah, I'd be trying to um, cobble together a bunch of teaching gigs. That's awesome. And yeah. it really sounds like the Juilliard thing is, is perfect then. Yeah, although I don't really do, like, it's it's like some amount of slight mentoring sometimes. Right. But it's, it's less teaching and more um, kind of guiding or helping Advising. in some ways. Yeah, but some of these people are my contemporaries and some of these people are starting out a little bit more. I mean, no one's starting out. They've all, they're all, like, somewhat established. Right. But um, there are some things that I know that they don't know that I can sometimes help them with. That's wonderful. No, it always, it always helps when you take the focus off of yourself. Yeah. You know, if you can help yeah. someone else. Yeah. Keeps the darkness away. Always, yeah. Always <laughs> brings you a little bit out. Um, well, that was that's one of the questions I wanted to ask just to wrap it up. Is like if you're having a day where you're fi- really feeling like defeated or uninspired, mm-hmm. Are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again, like a, a book or a play that you reread or music you listen to? Oh, or just go out. Yeah. And Do you know, I used to watch or... like <laughs> I used to watch like um, uh, Wonder Boys over and over again. Do you know this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Something about that movie. I think it's like it's like the life that I when I was like like a high school kid or college kid thought that I would have of being like like writing novels and like being a professor um which is not really who I am but like there's some like romanticizing of that of that world that like that like that movie does yeah yeah that feels comfortable yeah and it's funny and it's dark and it's yeah um and then the last question is have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend or I guess read anybody's work that you want to recommend any art form? Um, you know, it's been, I read this novel called the night circus recently that I really loved a lot. Yeah. I read that recently too. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, yeah, I guess that's the most recent thing that I really loved. Uh, I'm trying to think, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know you said you have, don't get a chance to see as many shows I, anymore. I really don't. Like, this would be the night when I'd go see a show, and, and uh, I'm talking to you instead. Well, thank you for doing that. <laughs> sure. I really appreciate it. I, I really like it. Thank you. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I end up reading plays intermittently, um, and then I read, like, a lot, a lot of plays for my job. Um, so I'm trying to think of the last play that I read for fun. I think it was 10 out of 12 which is um, Anne Washburn's play, which is great, because she's great. I don't know if you know her. I don't. Um, it's, about, uh, it's about tech. It's like people in tech. Was it produced recently in New York? Uh, I want to say Soho Rep, but I could be wrong. But I didn't I get to see it, and so like, it. instead yeah. I'm reading it like yeah. a year or two later. Interesting. Cause I'll have that's, to read it because I did miss it. And I have like so many plays that are on my stack of plays that I want to read that I didn't get to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'd really love to see The Treasure right now, uh, Max Posner's play. Uh, I really wish that I could see that. Um, I want to see Am I Dead, which is the next Flux play by Kevin R. Free. 
Um, anyway. Those are all, all great things. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me. the Compass Podcast Patreon page. And if you find the conversations fostered by the Compass valuable to your life as an artist, please visit patreon.com slash the Compass Podcast and you can become a patron and be part of the driving force behind the next chapter of the Compass. Thank you so much to everyone who's already pledged and who's reached out with their support. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brendan Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.